Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially, and to live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Empowered Life Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have one of my amazing peers and friends that I'm blessed to be in a mastermind with, and I've been blessed to get to know, pick his brain, and learn about the way that he simplifies things in life. So today I have with me Michael Hackman. Michael! Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. Oh, my goodness. Listeners, you are in for a treat because Michael and I are actually chatting before we hit the record button here about how we overcomplicate things, how we make things kind of crazy and we can make ourselves kind of crazy. And it sometimes it feels like our goals are so far out of reach because we don't know the certain moves to get there and we don't know how to break it down and make it simple. So that's what Michael and I are going to be chatting a little bit about today, along with some other fun things along the way. But let me tell you about the awesomeness of who Michael is. So Michael is a founder and CEO of Aquarian Devices and a certified project management professional. He's also a high performance coach and a yoga teacher, but you work in aerospace. You've, you've worked your way up from a beginning technician all the way up to being a CEO of your own company in aerospace, with, which is amazing. You are a dedicated student of life, focused on integrating the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical parts of your life. You're committed to serving the growth of teams, individuals, organizations and people that want to step it up to that next <laughs> level. I get goosebumps when I think about stepping it up to the next level. And you've got 30 years of stepping it up to the next level and you've transformed your aerospace experience five times in three decades, growing from that technician position all the way to a CEO. So that's incredible. I'm looking at your stuff here. I love that you promote collaboration and encourage productivity, employee retention. And the cool part here, you're trying to support a humanity to shift from Earth-centric orientation to a solar system-centric orientation. So the two things that jump out there is like, <laughs> do you like where you work, the work that you're doing, what you're doing? Do you play well with others? Do you help people play well with others? And then you also help people see that there's something bigger going on outside of just you, right? And sometimes we get in that, you know, negative loop where we think, oh, woe is me, and I can't make change, or I'm stuck in this situation, or as we said, we overcomplicate things. So you're just like helping people like bust down barriers, step it up, but also care about this world that we live in and be resourceful. So I'm yeah. so excited to dig in <laughs> here. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So tell my listeners a little bit about the awesomeness of what you do. Like help people understand when I say, or when you say you simplify the complex in aerospace. Tell me a little bit about that. 
so my basic premise is, yeah, life is very simple, but people make it complicated. And where that comes from is when you master something, you master the fundamentals of it. Mm-hmm. And if you come from the fundamentals of something, it is very simple. It doesn't have to be very complex. So you think about, you know, in, in my case, I was looking at how do we communicate even faster throughout the solar system than what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a whole architecture around that. And it's in the patent process. And we're working with a couple of international organizations to implement it. Wow. But it's, it's basically Comcast for the solar system. And it's, it's going to shorten the time between when the data is taken by an instrument and it actually gets to the user of that data. Wow. Instead of right now, it, it can be anywhere from a few hours to a few weeks before they ever get the data that had been taken you know, previously by their instrument that's out in deep space. Wow. And what kind of impact is that going to do for us or for the world? Well... Why, why we went after this at this point is humanity's returning to space. Mm-hmm. And when you're out venturing into a new territory, one of the things you need to have is good communication. For sure. I mean, if you're cut off from communication with Earth and there's something wrong, you know, there's, there's no real recourse for you. But if we've got more and more people starting to travel in space, which is it's looking like we're going to be doing in the next 20, 30 years, we better have a good communication scheme in place and operational by the time, especially when we start going to Mars with people, we want to have high bandwidth communications going on with those people 24 seven. For sure. I mean, that's like life and death stuff that we're yes. talking about here. Absolutely. Like you said, you don't want to be cut off from communication. You don't want to be able to not have open lines to be able to communicate with people. So that's incredible that A, that's even coming, (laughs) that we're expanding and going other places than Earth, right? I mean, we have been doing that, but we're even expanding it more. And B, you're just making that better. You're, 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 You're facilitating better communication or a better way to kind of do it. So when you talk about fundamentals, like, What's the beginning fundamental of that? Like, how do you make, because that don't sound simple to me. So how do you make that simple? (laughs) Well, that's part of the patent. Um, What I can say is that we work with nature to identify the right way of actually doing the communication and different way than how the communications are being run right now. Mm. And it allows us to make it easier to target the different communication areas. I'm a little nebulous right now. The patent's almost done, so we're almost, you know, we're in the patent pending part. As soon as that's, that's released, let's, we'll, we'll get on another show and uh, I'll fully explain how we took advantage of what is naturally occurring in the, in the solar system to create this uh, communication scheme. Wow, I love that, absolutely. <laughs> and. I think the thing that jumped out with me there is you're using what's already provided in this earth for us, right? And sometimes that's the thing when we're trying to make a change or do something different. We sometimes don't realize the resources and the help and the things that we have right before our eyes are right there for us. So, So what is your best advice to someone who is like, 
okay, I got to figure out, like, how do you figure out what the fundamentals are when you want to make a change? So it's like, you want to lose some weight. You want to maybe get a promotion at work. Like you want to have a better relationship with your spouse. Like how do you help people? How do we peel that back and get to that fundamental for some time? Yeah. Um, there's an, actually an acronym I use around that, which is called ARDOR. Mm. Are you familiar with the term ARDOR? Mm. Enthusiastic, passionate. I usually mm. apply it to passionate love. Mm. You know, true ARDOR for something. Yeah. And the ARDOR part, you know, A is awareness. So you start out, if you're, if you're going to change something, understand why you want to change that. Understand what's going on inside yourself. Mm-hmm. How does that change relate to yourself? How does that change relate to those around you and the things that you've created around you? So what's that relationship so that you understand why you're doing this change? Mm-hmm. And then research. So the R in ardor is other people have done this before. Go out and find out what's the best. What's the most efficient, the best way to do this that matches up with who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the design phase of it. Okay, you've got some research. You know why you're doing this. You design what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You come up with, this works for me. I'm going to have this sort of routine. It's going to allow me to still be you know, who I am and true to myself and keep you know, headed down the path of this change that I'm after. Mm-hmm. Once you've got the design in place and you're implementing it, observe. Mm. This is where you, you gather your metrics. You understand these are, this is what I was expecting to happen. Mm, it's not quite doing that. So, you know, I, I need to find out what's not working or what is working and reinforce it. And that's the final part, which is responsiveness. Mm. And what I like to call responsive awareness. So that, you know, spelling out the full word ardor and ending with the R there, you're going to respond to what you've observed mm-hmm. and make adjustments in what you're doing. And so, and then you're looping back into the beginning of ardor, which is back to awareness. Mm-hmm. And oh. so it, it's, you know, it's, for myself, it's, it's the passion of life and having that passion to engage in everything that I can. And so that's why I have a kind of a eclectic gathering of how I approach stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I'm a passionate student of life. Yes. <laughs> that's the best way to be. And that's what jumped out at me when you're talking about your awareness and you're observing and then you're kind of checking in. It's like, if you want to step up to that next level, you've got to be flexible. Like, yes. like I think again, a part of that overcomplicating things is sometimes people get so stuck in like, this is the way we've always done it, or this is the way it has to be, or I do a plus B and that should equal C. <laughs> and then if it doesn't, people freak out Yeah. Right? or they give up. Or, you know, yeah. When, when we were defining the culture within our company, Aquarian Devices, we sat down and just had a culture day where we basically go through what's important to each one of us and how do we create that as part of the culture that we're going to have here within this organization. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came up, especially being an aerospace company, this was kind of surprising, was we're allowed to do things differently. Yes. And so we purposely look for how can we do it differently than how it's always been done. Mm-hmm. There's, there's good reasons why things were done the way they were, but there's also been advances and changes. Yeah. And greater awareness of how to do things. Let's implement 
the, the new standards, come up with new ways of doing things. Um, part of like one of the things that we're very much involved in is authentic relating mm. or what we like to call authentic engagement where, you know, we are truly working to be right here present in this moment with whoever we're working with. Mm. Being very authentic about this is what's going on. Here's what needs to be done. You know, this is, this event is occurring over here. We need to be very aware of that. And so it, it is a matter of, really engaging and not kind of holding your customer at arm's length or, you know, not fully disclosing, you know, it is all about just being very authentic about what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it. Totally. It's like, even if you don't know what that next step should be, or you don't know what that next right move is, as long as you're present and authentic yeah. and engaged, you will learn something from that. Or as long as you were there and you were taking it in and you were being aware, that maybe is the first move. Just get yourself present, present. in the seat that you're in, right? And I love that you said you're a student of life. I think of myself the same way. You'll never hear me say like, oh, I already know how to do that or I've mastered that or you can always get better in yeah. terms of your work or your relationships, or your health, or, you know, we were just talking about it, like, I want you to coach me to do a triathlon, I'm like, I'm ready for the next big thing, and I'm so excited for that, and it's like, you know, once, it, like, for me, I'm like, okay, I've mastered, maybe not mastered, but I've, I've done well in the 5k, now what's next for me, right, and that's, I think for you, probably, obviously, to get where you, you know, the success that you've gotten in your life, you've had to, sit, be present, be aware, be authentic, but then always want to keep climbing. Right. And, and you know, what's that next mm -hmm. step for you? You kind of followed that same path that you're teaching and that you're talking about right now. So, um, and, yeah, part of it is becoming more of who you really are. Mm. You know, there, there was a point where, you know, when I was going through the different levels uh, in aerospace, it was like you would sit in the back area and you wouldn't go sit down at the table with all the executives yep and at one point it was like that doesn't fit me anymore mm -hmm. i have thoughts and approaches and ways to do these things that are different mm -hmm. and they need to be heard love it so Did i got up and i sat at the table ah and people are going who's this guy what's he doing <laughs> and, and i just engaged in the conversation Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't take it as I don't have a right to be there. I just took it as I have information to share here. Ah. Let's co-create. Let's ah. collaborate and create something new. Ah. And we that's, did. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> that gets me excited because you're right. It's like instead of sitting there and saying, do I belong here? I got to prove my worth here. Those aren't the right thoughts. The right thoughts are, how can I serve here? What can I add value to this table? How can we all collaborate together? And it goes back to that awareness and that presence. That sets a different mood than being shy, staying back, or trying to be boastful and say, I belong here. And right. different presence that you claim when you come and sit at the table with that awareness and presence and that service kind of mentality, right? And that's, you know, my basic premise is I'm, I always want to come from the highest good and the greatest service. 
Mm. So I'm always looking for that opportunity of where I can serve greatly. What an amazing statement. Can we not all do that, listeners, in our life? Come from the highest good and the greatest service. Wouldn't that be a guiding question for us? How can I do my highest good here and give my greatest service no matter what situation you find yourself in? Oh, I love that, Michael. (laughs) And I was just going to say, and you find the universe responding. Yes. In the last HPA. That was a give back HPA for me. I'd been to multiple HPAs, high performance academies, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to go and serve the entire time. I wanted to help as many people as I could to be there and just be present and talk and cheer people on. And, you know, with the premise that I wanted to serve as many as I could. Yeah. And then by Saturday, you know, I, I started on Wednesday when I arrived. Saturday, I end up on Brennan Burchard's stage serving everyone. Incredible! And it's, I mean, that was an incredible opportunity to be of service. It's so good. And I, I, was, I was, felt very honored to have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I went into that HBA with the focus of, I'm going to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You set that intention before you even yeah. walked in the doors there. Yes. How you could do your highest good and give your greatest service. And you got to speak on the stage. And so yeah. a thousand people or however ever many people were there. Totally unexpected. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And you had to have a voice. You had to believe in your voice. And that's the thing where you've got to believe in your voice to do good and serve others and be present. And for you, I'm sure, moving from a technician to now a CEO of an aerospace company, you've had to sit at that table as you talked about and what do you think drove you to get that courage to find your voice and sit at that table and really i mean you may have had second thoughts about it but (laughs) how did you find your voice and step up to help make that massive change in your life and for all of us here on this planet well i kept you know in in the aerospace industry i was looked at as a firefighter Mm. I could be dropped into any project and solve a project problem, solve a technical problem, organize a team around it. Mm. And it was in, in service. And I, I kept seeing that there's preventative things we could be doing. Mm. Just like I'm trying to get out in front of the communication issue mm-hmm. and that let's solve it now, not after the need is there. Oh, that proactive is huge. Yes. And, and just that whole, that whole voice was coming up inside me. I see a different way of doing this. Let's do this in this manner and head it off yeah. instead of, you know, react to it when it occurs. Right. I mean, we don't want to be in a situation where somebody's lost communication on Mars and we don't have any high speed availability and we're still dealing with basically dial up version of communication. Yeah, I don't know. Dial up on Mars doesn't sound like a good idea to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I worked with a, a chaplain, actually, in the healthcare field. And one quote she always said to me always stuck with me. And it was, have the conversation when you don't have to have the conversation. Like, have it before you have to have it. 
because yeah. when you have to have it, it's usually in a time of panic or stress or sadness or worry or conflict. It's like have the conversation when you don't need to have the conversation right? because you can plan so much better, right? And that's, that's just like the training method we were talking about earlier, which is I train heart rate training and breath training. Mm-hmm. So that by the time you get to the race, it's smooth, enjoyable, and you're present for the entire thing. You're not, you know, totally out of your mind, blitz going as fast as you can and wearing yourself out and, you know, dying in the first half of the, the race. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're going you're gonna to be in good enough shape to thoroughly enjoy the race. Set your PRs. Mm-hmm. My, my wife trained her the same way for a half marathon. She broke two hours in her, in her first half marathon. First time she ever ran one. She did it in like 156. And she loved it. She wasn't exhausted by the time she finished the race. You know, she felt great the next day. You know, there wasn't any of the lactic buildup, any of the things that people who just overextend themselves, overtrain, yeah. end up doing. She wasn't sore. She yeah. was happy. That's amazing. <laughs> So the same principles that you take into communicating with people on Mars, you break down in your health and fitness, yes. your life, like in all aspects of your life, like you said, you've mastered just let's break down the fundamentals. Let's right. be proactive. Let's research and observe and be aware and be present so that we can plan for the best outcome and enjoy ourselves. And how many people on this earth are not enjoying themselves? They're slogging through life. They're going to jobs they hate. They're overweight and obese and they've got medical conditions or they're in their fourth divorce or, you know, all these things that we hear where, like you said, you know, and that could be a mix of a bunch of things, but, are they slowing it down and are they thinking about what makes sense to them? And is there a different way that they can approach, you know, if you're failing in your relationships, is there a different way you can approach it? Right. If your health is out of whack. Is there a different way you can approach it? You know? And that's where I think that's the neatest thing about you is that you do these high level, awesome, mind blowing things, but you're like, I'm a man of simplicity and fundamentals. Yeah. Right? And I think Michael Jordan said that. One of the quotes from Michael Jordan that I remember is he was saying, if you don't have the fundamentals, everything else, everything else falls out from beneath you. Right. Right? It all comes from the fundamentals. Mastery is all about fundamentals. It does. And what are some of the fundamentals in your life? So I know it's ironically when I met you, I remember it was like the first time I ever struck up a conversation with you, it was at the mastermind. We were in the gym at like, you know, 5.30 or 6 a.m. or something in the morning. And I was like, awesome, another dude that's there. And like, we're getting the blood flowing and we got to chatting. So I know health and fitness is, you know, is, is big in your life. So what are some of the fundamentals in your life that help keep you balanced and present and being able to create and learn to the masses the way that you do. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back to that meeting at the gym. Yeah. I I think one thing that may have caught your attention and usually got got most people's attention was I was wearing a leg brace. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Parkinson's Mm -hmm. and so that, 
complicates, if I let it, mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. which I was not going to do. Instead, <clears throat> I, you know, basically, again, became aware of what's my relationship with this disease. Mm -hmm. um, did the research, got to understand the disease, got to understand the, the drugs that you take, what the, you know, reactions are, the symptoms, things like that, mm -hmm. and started to design a life that would slow the progress of the disease, if not stop it. Yes. And then again, observing, is this working? Is this not working? And I don't run with a brace anymore because again, I was observing and working through all of that to go, okay, I need to strengthen certain parts of my left leg because you know, with the Parkinson's I shake and it rolls on me once in a while. Mm -hmm. And so I've, took care of the strengthening, worked that all through, and I've been brace-free for about a year now. Yes! Which is great. Um, but it does have to do with, you know, I set up a routine every single day. With Parkinson's, first thing you got to do is get up, get out of bed, and get the body moving. Mm -hmm. If I don't move for a day, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm stiff and inflexible and you know, the rest of the day doesn't go very well because it's hard to get the, the body up and around, mm. um, especially after I started taking the Parkinson's drugs. Mm -hmm. So first thing in the morning, and actually the first thing in the morning, I roll out of bed and I just, I drink some water. Mm -hmm. And as I'm drinking, I'm thinking and saying to myself, thank you, mm -hmm. thank you, thank you. Just starting the day with gratitude. Mm. and ingesting it with the water mm -hmm. you know for myself just that physical activity of ingesting water while saying thank you starts a beautiful morning and then it's let's wake up the body i'm actually at my standing desk right now it's a treadmill nice <laughs> I love it. that's what? what this little box is here i just turn on my treadmill and i can i can go for a nice walk nice while i'm planning my day and so I usually spend half hour, 40 minutes on the treadmill and just sort of waking up the body. And then, you know, you can't see it from the camera angles, but I have a whole workout area in front of me mm -hmm. where then I do some stretching, um, a little bit of um, isometric type work. And, you know, again, just waking the body up, getting it moving. Mm -hmm. And then once I've woken the body up enough, I settle down again and actually meditate. Mm. At that point, it's like, the body's good for the day. I've set it up for that. Now I can sit down and I can meditate and just relax into what's going to be the flow for the day. Mm -hmm. And then followed by that, yeah. I do a little bit more energizing activity. Um, mm -hmm. My daughter and I love to dance around the house. I love it. Um, so we usually, you know, start out with some sort of ruckus music going on and <laughs> we're having a good time or, you know, I'll, I'll sit down, bang away on my drums for a while. Something that really gets the body, you know, pumped up a little bit and having a lot of fun. Yes. And um, so far, so good. I'm four years into the disease and I don't seem to be progressing the disease, which is great. Heck yes. And, <laughs> you know... That was one thing when I met you and we talked about your diagnosis and we've gotten to know each other over a couple of mastermind events together and conversations. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I really admire about you, Michael, is I was like, 
this is a guy who's like, I'm not done. Like, I'm not slowing <laughs> down. I got things to do in this life. And I think that's such a testament to you and your character because so many people get a diagnosis and they're like, my life's over, I'm done. Forget it. Like, oh, woe is me. Or they start making these, well, I can't. I can't. I have COPD or I can't. I have cancer or I can't. And I'm, trying to, and I'm not trying to minimize anyone's reaction to being dealt news that you don't want to hear because we all have what we all deal differently mm -hmm. but for you like i can remember going back from that master high and like talking to my husband about you and i'm like <laughs> this guy's just so inspiring because it's like you're like i'm gonna do what i know i can do i'm gonna control what i can control right like, getting up gratitude met you know that meditation i'm gonna control my mind I'm gonna drink some water. I'm gonna say thank you. I'm gonna move my body. I'm gonna dance with my daughter. I'm gonna bang on the drums. Like, I've got things to do and I'm gonna keep my body moving and gosh darn it, I'm not gonna be known as, you know, the guy who was diagnosed with Parkinson's and then gave up. Right. right? And it's like so many people, sometimes it isn't even a diagnosis they get dealt. They just get bad news and they quit. And they quit too soon or they, they get into that, oh, woe is me. And that doesn't serve anybody. You know, we talked about that greatest service, highest good. And it's like for you to be able to do that, you're like, yeah, I have Parkinson's, but these are all the things that I can do and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I just think that mentality, people need that little bit of like, psh, 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 like wake up call in this world that you can be given a terrible diagnosis, but you can still live your life and go yeah. different, do what you want to do, and you don't have to lay down and die when you get dealt news that you don't want to be dealt, right? Yeah, and, and part of what really works is, you know, when I first got the diagnosis, um, it was right after having meningitis. Dang. Okay, so, you know, it starts out with, you know, the the brain, the menges in the, the, the head are trying to expand beyond your skull. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just literally passed out from pain from that. And then the tremors start in, you know, shortly after I get through the meningitis and they're diagnosing it. They're not sure if it's essential tremors. And so I'm going through drug regimes mm. and I'm putting on weight and I'm getting depressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went through the whole cycle. Sure. And, you know, after a year of this, you know, I was, I was up to 190, the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And I hadn't worked out in months. And I was just totally depressed. And I did the one thing I knew how to do, which was run a project. Mm. And so I started Project Michael. Wow. Shed the pounds, got down to 160. Um, switched jobs <laughs> again. <laughs> Yeah. Like, look for more challenges. Mm -hmm. Look to learn more things, new opportunities. And it's in doing that and continually growing, developing that, you know, I haven't let the disease take over. That first year, it was sure trying to take over. And with all the drug trials and everything, I was just messed up. Yeah. And then, you know, got my act straight, got things, you know, got onto a routine and understood what drugs I was taking, 
mm -hmm. so that I could maintain and, you know, at this point, I don't seem to be progressing, which is perfect. I'd love to see reversal. Working on that now. <laughs> yes, and you'll do it. If anyone's yeah. gonna do it, you will do it. And man, like, I love that. I love that you said Project Michael, because how many of us listeners do we need to sit here and do a little gut check? You know, maybe you haven't been dealt a diagnosis, but you've been neglecting your health. You've been yeah. neglecting your self-care. Something so simple, you know, that I'll sleep when I'm dead and, you know, <laughs> I have to go get takeout because I'm so busy. And it's like, no, the, your own health to me and in the work that I do is a fundamental. Yes. If you don't have your health, who cares if you have a million in your bank account? If you don't have your, you know, if you, if you don't have your health, you're not going to have good relationships with people. So for me, like a health is a fundamental non-negotiable kind of thing. So I think that's, yeah. people need to do a little bit of a gut check and go, you know what, have I been neglecting certain parts of my health? Do I, I do the same as you. Do I meditate? Do I drink water? Always with me everywhere I go. Yes, I move my body. You know, have I moved my body today? Um, you know, have I said some gratitude and said thank you for the gifts that we do have in this life? Those are like free, simple things that anybody can do, right? That puts it in perspective. And I want to ask you about this kind of a, a, a deep question. So I hope it's okay that I'm asking this because we're going there now with like health and all yeah. that. So, so if, you knew, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, mm -hmm. What would make you the most proud of today? Like looking, I know you're not done. Like <laughs> listeners, remember this name because like this is you're going places, right? Looking back at your life, what are you the most proud of? Number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, if you could do anything differently, what would you have done if you're going to die tomorrow? Those are my two questions for you. So we'll start with the proud part. Uh-huh. Comes more from honor. Mm. Um, I do things, and it's an honor to do these things. And that's because it's coming out of service. So it's an honor to serve. And proud, you know, at this point, it would have to be my children. Mm. The service to them. So I have a son, very successful in what he does. And, you know, and he's gone through college and he's, you know, on, in fact, I'm going to be a grandfather in January. <laughs> I get a whole nother kid to play with. Congratulations. Oh, Thank it's amazing. You. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but yeah, where he has gone with his life mm -hmm. and now where my daughter's going with hers, that's, that is, you know, it's, it's legacy. It's, it's been an honor to serve in that capacity as a father. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. You see, I always say with your kids, you see the best and the worst in them. And you know, that's like a piece of you. They get the that's best right. in you and the worst in you. And you love every <laughs> piece of that. Now, is there anything in your life that you would have done differently? I would do differently. I'm sure there's lots of things that I would imagine I would do differently. Mm-hmm. But as everything came together, you know, even, you know, with the disease, it's part of what I've become. Mm -hmm. And it's part of what makes me who I am. 
And so to change that, I don't think would be of service to where, what I need to be serving in. Mm. You know, the, the role I play in aerospace, the role I play in my daughter's life. Mm-hmm. You know, I bring everything I've learned to bear in everything that I do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned from them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if there were things that I wasn't learning from, then yeah, I definitely want to change that. Right. But I learn from what I made, you know, the mistakes I make, and I move on. Mm-hmm. And I apply those lessons learned so that, you know, I can progress faster and farther. Yes. It's like make a whole mess of mistakes because then you're going to learn a whole lot really quickly. So true. <laughs> what an amazing way to frame <laughs> failure, right? It's not really failure. Like I said, when, you're, when you learn from it, it's not a failure. Right. When you do it differently the next time, it's not a failure, right? Yep. I love that. And legacy, you talk about that legacy with your children. What, what does that mean to you? What does legacy mean to you? That word or that feeling? Like what, what is legacy to you? What is legacy? Legacy for myself is, is really the passing on of the lessons learned mm-hmm. to my kids, mm-hmm. to, you know, I've, I've done the, the watchdog thing at my girls' um, elementary school. Yeah. And you go in and you get to tutor. Oh, fun. And it's like, they stuck me with the math students and I'm going, cool. I love math. <laughs> and they're looking at me sideways going, you what? <laughs> Who loves math? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm a mathematician at heart. I just love math and figuring things out mm-hmm. and being able to go in and shape how somebody sees mathematics mm. a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, you know, that was a great, you know, that was an honor to be able to sit with these fourth graders and go, so what do you think about math? And just get their feel for it. And then I, we talk about aerospace and they're like, man, I want to go do that kind of stuff. I want to work with, you know, thrusters and launch rockets and fly, you know, deep space missions. And, and then I talk about the mathematics behind that. Yes. And they're going, oh, I, I probably better understand this a little better. <laughs> I'm just going to say that people don't realize that we do, but we maybe don't grasp that it's calculated how much time and just mastery goes into, I can't assume because I don't know about aerospace, but one little tiny or big like mission or thing, like how many years and hours and people and time and planning and resources, like going to something that maybe takes 15 seconds. Right. It's like yeah. calculated planning. And, it's, and that's where the project management comes in, is how do you plan a project that's 15 years long? Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, JWST, James Webb Space Telescope, getting ready to launch. Mm-hmm. I remember the beginning experiments of that in the mid-90s. Wow. You know, I was working with some of the engineers as we were figuring out some of this. And it's just now getting to the point where it's getting ready to fly. Crazy. You can spend an entire career on a single space flight. Yeah. 
and talk about reframing failure and reframing because there's been many things in aerospace that have gone wonderful and many things that have gone not to plan whatsoever right that's mm -hmm. a tough i can't even imagine what is the grit and the guts and the heart that it takes to work in that industry for sure because it's lies lives you're dealing with every day and you know it and it's years in some cases, when you're not flying, you're flying a robotic mission, you're flying some sort of instrument. Mm -hmm. um, you've spent five years building this wow. and yeah. you're sitting on a launch pad. Yeah. And you're, you know, as the project manager, it's your responsibility to say go or no go yeah. at the launch. Yeah. And you're looking at all the parameters, making sure the spacecraft looks nice and healthy, everything looks the way it's supposed to and you give the permission to push the button. Mm. If, the, if the launch vehicle blows up, as one of my generals that I worked for previously put it, the only natural predator for a space vehicle is the launch vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> right? If it blows up, you're done. Yeah. And those five years are gone. Wow. So it's intense at a launch site. <laughs> yeah. And you know, again, you think about how many people quit, like the, the determination it takes to work in the work that you do. Like people are like, oh, we go on a diet and we don't lose 10 pounds in the first week and we're like, forget it, I'm done, right? <laughs> or people, like I said, have marriage issues, they go to one counseling session, oh, I don't like my counselor, forget it, we're doomed. Yeah. Like five years for one, like it, anything worthwhile and meaningful, takes time it takes dedicated time and planning as we said right so hopefully yeah. we've instilled that in our listeners that you got to prepare you got to be aware you got to get in it you got to get present you got to learn the fundamental you got to figure out what those fundamentals are and focus right. on those things every day and the yeah. rest i want to say will fall into place because if you do the fundamentals you've set yourself up you know, to have things move in the right direction. And that's, that's, that is the key. Once you, once you establish, you know, I have a lot of routines that I do that I don't even have to think about. I'm doing those routines mm -hmm. because it allows me to do everything else I want to do in my life. Mm, huge. You know, I, I went and climbed Camelback Mountain at the last mastermind. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We split up, unfortunately. We were we were together, and then we somehow, somehow got lost. But yes, we did that. That was scary, by the way. <laughs> like it, we were bouldering. It was some pretty serious bouldering. That was true bouldering. Oh my goodness! And you know, I don't know that anybody was really aware I had Parkinson's. No, you wouldn't. You and wouldn't. uneven surfaces mm -hmm. are usually a problem. Mm -hmm. And it was like. I'm doing this today. Yeah, you were prepared. I get myself in shape. Yeah. Um, I went and scoped out the whole activity the day, the two days prior. Yeah. You know, I, I jogged out to the side, looked over the, you know, the mountain, went to the other end of the, the mountain, looked it all over. Wow. I did my research, understood what I was up against, and then invited a whole crew of people to join me. <laughs> yeah, unlike me who thought we were just going for a little hike. And then, like, 15 minutes in, 
was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> where am I, right? So difference between prepared and winging it unprepared. Because yeah. let me guess, you had a beautiful, wonderful, you loved every second of that hike. Yep. And I look back at that and go, holy moly, that was scary. That was awesome, but that was scary. So there's a prime example of why you should prepare and not just be it and trust other people and just go and do it. No, it was all good, but yeah, you know, I love that. I love that, that you, you, you might not know in your life what you're preparing for, but if you have the fundamentals in place, you're adaptable. Right. So a beautiful example. It, it makes you very flexible in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you think about the things that break in a high wind, it's the inflexible. Mm. But a tree that's very flexible will bend with it. Yes. Yeah, so under stress, the more flexible, the less, you know, you're going to break under the situation. Yes. A great metaphor. So I have one final question for mm-hmm. you. And of course I have to ask this question. What does, and what, for what you can tell me, I know you can't tell me too, too much in depth stuff, but what is the future of space and our planet and this earth and everything look like? And what can we, I mean, we don't work in aerospace. We don't live in aerospace. What can we do as everyday people to help make this planet better or preserve our resources or, you know, what does our future look like and what, what's, what's our part that we can do every day? So that's, that's a big spectrum, <laughs> but okay. Future of space. Uh-huh. We're headed out into space. We're expanding. Love that's it. one of the reasons I want to kind of start taking that solar system perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of earth centric, you know, maybe, you know, we start talking in terms, especially when people are on Mars or people on the moon, it'll be, you know, earth local time, Mars local time, the moon local time it's you know get away from the earth centric part of it and start taking ownership and responsibility for what we're doing in the solar system itself incredible so as we're expanding out and yeah we're gonna we're gonna be doing that um let's let's get everything in line to support those who are out adventuring incredible um some of the things that you can see coming are you know, we've got 3D printers these days. Mm-hmm. Those are maturing quite a bit. Well, what do you do with a 3D printer in space is you take raw materials and print what you need. Yeah. So you don't fly a mess of materials with you when you travel, you take a printer. Mm. In fact, you take a printer that prints a printer. <laughs> so that you can have more printers. So when you get to Mars, you can take raw materials and print what you need, print your habitats. Wow. Um, there's asteroid mining that's coming up. That's not so much to bring stuff back. That's more for raw materials while you're out there. Mm. That you can print things. So, you know, we're, it's a very elaborate, but well thought out plan for expanding into space. And my team is basically looking at some of the things that haven't quite been covered yet, mm-hmm. such as high-speed communication. Right now, you're communicating at two megabits per second with Mars. That's a little slow for talking with humans. Huh. You know, we should be more in the high def region, you know, three, four hundred megabits per second. Very doable. Okay. (laughs) 
You'll find a way and you yeah. The other thing is, you know, around the earth, um, we just need to be focused a little bit more on preparation mm -hmm. for natural disasters, things like that. There's a lot more we could be doing instead of reacting and responding. Mm -hmm. We could be doing a better job of preparing and actually, yes, it takes investment. Yes, it takes some money, mm -hmm. but um, we can be better prepared for these events. We know they happen. Yes. We know what to do while they're happening, after they've happened. Why not do a little bit more in preparation? Absolutely. And, and yeah, it takes funding. That's usually where the downfall is, is who's going to pay for the upfront stuff? We always pay for the disaster afterwards. It's so true. It's, it's a lot of things that you see move towards reactive instead of proactive. And if yeah. switch that to proactive, lots of things in our life would change. So that's a good take home point of, you know, where can you, where can we be more proactive in our life in terms of resources and different things, right? And yeah. It's like, yeah, nobody wants to be, well, you were, but nobody wants to be a firefighter all the time. Cause I can imagine <laughs> that gets tiring and draining when you're constantly just putting out fires in your life and other people's lives. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's why I turned it around to, Let's start heading these things off ahead of time. Mm -hmm. let's, let's think about what's coming. We know these events happen. Let's prepare for them even better now mm -hmm. and have to do less cleanup afterwards. 100%. So in that day-to-day, -day, thinking about those things that trip you up, about yep. those things that throw you off your game. Same deal um, with yourself. A deal. Yeah, I think everyone, I love how you said Project Michael. Everyone needs to make it Project Lisa, Project Michael, Project whoever you are. That's the fundamentals, and that's where you start. Michael, oh my goodness, I could pick your beautiful brain for probably five to 24 hours, but ah, we've come to the end of our time. So, wow, I just want to say thank you for your time thank you oh you've got so much on the go you are just doing incredible things i love who you are as a person and absolutely everything that you stand for so you are a gift to my listeners you are a gift in my own life and i just can't thank you enough for our time together here just amazing yeah. and i appreciate you know having this opportunity to talk with you and your listeners yeah. and yeah Reach out on Facebook. Um, say that. How can they get a hold of you if they want more information or just want some coaching or a high-performance coach, you know, some coaching mm -hmm. or someone. However you can service them, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, let's, let's do it through Facebook and Messenger. Perfect. Um, I am opening a couple more slots in my coaching. Yay. I've, I've kept it pretty small up until now. Awesome. So I will make sure I get that in the show notes so you guys know how to contact Michael Hackman. Thank you so much for your time. That is it. We are wrapping up this episode of The Empowered Life, and we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to The Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.